So good to be with you guys. Um, man, to, to have this crew up here this morning, uh, it was just good, right? Um, to stand up here and play um, and sing for the first time is not easy. Uh, that's why I don't do it. I don't stand up here and sing. Um, even if you're skilled uh, and, and have practice, to play in front of people and sing in front of people is pretty vulnerable. Um, I remember my wedding day uh, over 18 years ago. Um, I wanted to surprise my wife, Lisa. And so I wanted to sing a song. Um, not very original thought, but uh, I was like, oh, that will be cute. It will be so nice, and she'll love it. And then so I practiced and practiced. I chose a song. Um, I chose um, When You Say Nothing At All by Alison Krauss. It's a hard song because you have to have a really good voice, <laughs> you know? And so, but I, I decided to do it. I practiced in secret, and then um, the big day came, but I didn't anticipate the emotions that would happen. So the door, I'm standing up there, the door's open, and Lisa comes down the aisle, and I start losing it, right? So I'm totally emotional. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to sing, right? And I'm like, what was I thinking? And I'm looking around going, there's no way out of this now, right? So almost like half the, the service goes by, and I'm like, I got to sing at some point here. Okay, so I didn't back out. And I just remember, okay, it's time to surprise her. So I, I got over, I started to, to start singing. And um, even talking about it, I feel the jitters, right? Even, I'm, I'm having PTSD right now. Like, like, I started clamming up. I started sweating. My eyes started blurring. And, and I don't know if it was from the sweat or from, like, crying, right? But I was like... Uh, and jittery and forgot some words probably, but it, it finished. Um, I have no idea if the audience thought my singing was good on that day or not. Um, all I know is that I had an audience of one, right? I was singing to my bride. And then, um, you know, it, 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 it was just, it was for us, right? I don't know about you, but like when I watch videos of um, significant others singing to each other on important days, or children singing to their kids, or kids singing to their parents, I kind of get choked up. You know, there's a part of it I think is that it's it's the emotion, it's the vulnerability, it's the the tender care it takes to really sing to somebody you love. Music does something to us. It's, it causes us to be vulnerable. I know that whenever I hear that song by Alison Krauss on the radio, it, it hits differently, right? And so some of us have songs that just hit a little bit differently because we're so connected to it. We've been in a series called Prayer. Um, and, and we've titled it a Prayer, An Ongoing Conversation with God. We've challenged you to think 
about prayer as a conversation, a conversation um, that, that if you think about it, we, we communicate in different ways to one another, correct? Um, and so we've said, in the same vein, in the same way, we communicate to God in different ways. We have conversations with God in different ways, and those ways actually translate. Because God is a God that communicates. God is a God that has given us different ways to connect with one another, and he's given us different ways to connect with him. So we're going to wrap up this series because summer is just about over, right? Next week, we'll be doing Community Care Day. The week after, it'll be Missio in the parking lot. So today, we're going to wrap up the series, and we're going to talk about prayer as worship, specifically worship through music, how worship through music is a conversation with God. The book of Psalms uh, in the Bible, it, it, there's, it's full of songs, it's full of poetry that are attributed to King David. So we're going to look at the last two chapters in that book, and we're going to see what King David says about prayer or about praise. So if you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to Psalms 149. If not, uh, it will be on the screen, and we'll read through the whole of Psalms 149, and we'll just break it apart. Psalms 149 says this, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the, God, uh, of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for the joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in the throats and the and two-edged swords in their hands to execute, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings, their chains, and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is, is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. So verse 1 starts out saying, praise praise. In, in the Hebrew, the word praise is hallelujah, right? Hallelujah means breakthrough or breaking out. Breakthrough or breaking out in a cry of joy. So when you're like hallelujah, praise the Lord, what they're saying is it's the breakthrough of breaking out in a cry of joy. It's dynamic. And David says, praise in the assembly of the godly. He says, hallelujah. Say hallelujah in the assembly of the godly. The primary call here is to praise and worship in an assembly, in a community, in a group. So much of our culture's value is individualistic. 
It's about me, it's about my time, it's about my experience, it's about my personal space, my personal preference. But David is encouraging us to assemble, to gather, to create a different type, a different type of space where we have a conversation with God together. It's a little bit different. It's not just me in my room singing and praising the Lord, but it's the corporate assembly coming together to praise and yell hallelujah together. It kind of reminds me of going to a sporting event, right? When you go to a Blazers game or a Timbers game, it hits different. It's just so different. It, I can watch sports at home alone, and I'm jumping up and down and screaming. But when I am at a Timbers game and I'm jumping out up and down and screaming, it's undignified. It's, it's well, it's probably undignified at home too, but it's different. Like, there's a lot of Timbers fans here, a lot of season ticket holders here, and you know what I'm talking about. It is so much more fun. It's so much more joyful. It's the shouting. It's a large assembly. You're not alone. You're coming together to sing praise in full voice. You know, I was trying to find a clip of the Timbers Army chanting, but most of them are not safe for this space. (laughs) But you can do it on your own, and there's some beautiful chants, right? There's just something different when, when David calls us to assemble, to be together. It's, it's this. He goes to verse 2. Let Israel, Israel are the people of God. He says, let Israel be glad. Be glad in who? The maker and their king. Their maker and their king. Worship helps God's children remember who he is not only the creator of the universe, but the king of the universe. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in in their king. Our worship of God reminds us of who we are. We are the children of God. We are the children of the king. Psalms 149 continues, and it goes on to instruct us on how to praise God. Praise him, praise his name with dancing, making melodies with tambourines and lyre, singing for joy. Give high praise in your throats. That's why often when we talk about praise and worship in church, we are often talking about music right? Musical worship, because we see David talking about it so much. We understand that worship is part of coming and praying and giving our tithes and offerings and serving and uh, listening to a sermon. That's part of our worship. But there's this musical worship that David calls us into as an assembly. Prayer through music worship 
is powerful. It evokes the whole body, the whole soul. Right? That's why so many times when we're, we're, we're worshiping, Kelly or whoever's leading worship that morning will usually say, if you're able to stand up, because it takes your whole body to move, right? Your whole body to interact and to sing. It's like the story that I just told you of my wedding day. Lisa and I did, we exchanged vows, we said prayers. We listened to the pastor share a message. But there was something more when, when I sang. There was an emotional, vulnerable piece that was added to that ceremony. We also had our friends who gathered with us that day sing praise to the Lord. And it was special. Music does something. It creates that vulnerability. Verse 4 says this, The Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. He adorns the humble with salvation. Salvation, the Hebrew word here is Yeshua. And salvation here means that it's deliverance, it's help, it's to save, it's to security, it's a victory. He adorns the humble with salvation. It's a mystery for me here how a humble worshiping community comes and God moves in adoration. He adorns us with salvation. I'm wondering if maybe our worship just reminds him, reminds God of his children. How much he loves us, how much he adores us, how much of a good father he is. Lately, I've been able to spend a lot of time with little ones again. We have friends that have a lot of little ones around here. Right, And those little ones, when they start singing their little songs or they start dancing, I mean, it's cute. It's cute. But you look at the parents and they gush, right? I, I think it's cute, but the parents are like, it's the best thing ever. You know, like this little, the little ones dancing. I'm like, it's cute. But the parents, they gush and they want to do everything for them, right? I wonder when we sing our, our praises to the Lord, if the Lord is sitting there just gushing. If he's like, that's my kid. That's so cute. I love them. I just want to squeeze them. <laughs> so he adorns us with salvation. He is wanting to deliver us. He is wanting to help us. He is wanting to save us. He is wanting to give us security and victory in those areas where we are struggling. As we go on, verse 6 and verse 8, through verse 8, the tone of this shifts a little bit. Let me read 6 through 8 again. Let the high praises of God be in their throats, 
and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind the kings and their chains and their nobles with fetter of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Our praise has power like a weapon, right? Our praise has power like a two-edged sword that executes vengeance on the culture, on the culture that is, is anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-kingdom. Our praise is a double-edged sword that executes vengeance on the culture. It binds up chains and chains up kings and nobles. Right? It binds up the oppressive powers of our day. It brings justice. It brings mercy. You see, our praise is a declaration of what God's salvation of God's salvation. Our praise is a declaration of God's salvation. Our salvation, not only to us, but to the world, that God's kingdom is coming. It's not that our praise and worship produces these things. It's actually just the declaration that the power of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross has already done these things. It's already done. Jesus has gone to the cross, raised from the grave, and he has already defeated the enemy. He has already brought salvation. So when we sing and we praise, we're declaring these things. I'm going to keep moving. In Psalms 150, we're going to read the whole thing. Psalms 150 David closes the psalm like this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him of his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with string and pipe. Praise him with sound, sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So Psalms 150. What do you think David is instructing us to do? What do you think David is instructing us to do? Praise him. Every line. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise the Lord. It doesn't take a theologian to figure this one out, right? It's just over and over. David's saying, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him with everything you have. You might be saying, yeah, Joel, but I, I'm kind of low-key. I'm not that outgoing. I don't want to crash symbols together. I don't feel like you know, that's just not me. I don't really feel comfortable dancing, jumping up and down, raising my hands. Friends, I, I get it. 
I get it. We are all different. We all have had different experiences. Some of us have had positive and negative experience around worship. Some of you have, may have gone to churches or grown up in churches that say, we don't even use instruments. Some say, we only sing hymns. Others say, we're going to raise and we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to ever raise our hands or clap our hands. And others, if you don't raise your hands or clap your hands, you're asking, are we even worshiping? Right? Just like all the other practices of prayer that we've gone through in this series, I'm going to challenge you. I want you to think differently. I want you to look at the word. I'm going to ask you to stretch yourself. Try some of these new practices. Trust that God's word isn't leading you astray. When David says, praise the Lord, break out and cry in joy. You see, David worshipped with his whole being. He was unashamed. He was unabashed. He was undignified. All for the glory of God. All because he knew what God has done in his life and was doing in his life and doing in the world. 2 Samuel 6, 14-15 talks about David and, and one of his worship experiences, right? So 2 Samuel 6, 14-15, this is how David was worshiping the Lord. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and, the Israel, and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. This guy tore off his clothes and worshipped in his underwear, dancing with all his might in public. David was a king, and he did not care. He just ripped it all off and was dancing in his underwear. I'm not sure why. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that's what we do here. And I'm not asking Kelly to do that either. Okay? But what we see is a picture of David. He's worshiping God alone. He's not worried about the people around him. He's not concerned about how he looks as a king. He's not concerned about how he looks as just a normal person. He's unashamed. This is probably how he worshiped in his home, just free and just wherever he was, he's just worshiping. He worshiped with all his might. Now, I need to also go back and go, look, David wasn't always just wild and crazy. He wasn't always just this charismatic, in my underwear, worshiping God guy, right? There's tons of psalms that talk about David's heart and his earnesty and his quiet worship. I love David's uh, psalm uh, 63 through 1 through 5. 
So Psalm 63, one through five says this. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and, re- dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and glory because your love is better than life. My lips glorify you. I praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. In this psalm, David sounds so intimate so desperate he seeks god he sees god he's in awe of god's power and his glory monsieur i believe i believe that this is how our community comes on a weekly basis there's an earnesty to our worship we come quiet and humble wanting to give everything we have wanting to to touch and feel and be with God in worship. I love it. I affirm it. But my challenge to you is that heart, that your heart would grow, your worship would grow in the different expressions of musical worship, the clapping, the shouting, the lifting up of voice, the amens, the hallelujahs, that we would grow in, the, in our, our playing of instruments, even dancing. I would just say, keep your clothes on, right? I still don't understand that part of the Bible, but, but you hear what I'm saying? Let's stretch ourselves, let's grow. Last things, worship is dynamic. Think about all the senses, right? Worship is dynamic. It's a dynamic prayer. It's audio, it's visual, it's physical, it's individual, it's corporate. Worship is dynamic in its practice. We praise, we adore, we declare, we petition, we confess, we lament. We put all the different emotions into it. Worship is dynamic. Our prayer in song is dynamic. It's unique. It's a unique way that we communicate with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Worship helps us to focus our attention on the Trinity, on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Worship helps us declare who God is and who we are. Worship declares the victory of our King. Worship reorients our heart, our soul, and our mind to the things of God, to the things of the kingdom. Worship moves us from our hopes and desires to God's hopes and desires. Worship directs our love and adoration towards God. And so I'm praying that we, as a church, begin to grow in this area of prayer. 
through musical worship. I'm going to ask the, the band to come, come on up, and I'm going to wrap us up. And as they come up, I want to remind you that, that this team isn't here to perform. They're not here to perform. For the past eight weeks or so, they've been learning about this posture of worship. They've been practicing the musicality of worship. I've had the joy of dropping in on Tuesday nights and watching and just listening. They come this morning offering their prayers to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They come this morning designed to lead us in the same way. And so they'll do that this morning. And as they do that, I just want to lead us and remind us that this morning we're going to take communion, another act of worship that reminds us of Christ's body broken for us. That reminds us that his blood was shed for us. And so as we partake in, in commune this morning, and you, you're able to, and you're, you, when you're ready, go ahead and do that on your own. And then we'll worship alongside the band. Um, let me pray. We praise you, Lord. We praise you because you are good, because you are worthy to be praised. I thank you that worship is a way that you have given us to converse with you, to communicate with you. I thank you that worship is vulnerable. And so as we come this morning, would we come with that heart? ready to give you our praise and our worship, to shout our hallelujahs and our amens, to worship undignified, unencumbered. And so I pray this for our community as we go forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.